2: Miami, 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 Miami
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heatbeat podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today we have producer and co-founder Mister Brian Goins. Woo! Number thirteen. We have <laughs> we have our saucy nuggets insider, Mister Lefty Leif.
3: Four percent chance at a top four pick. Is that how it rolls out? Something like you guys,
1: that. You guys are the worst. You guys are the absolute worst. Four for four. You have Brooklyn beating up on a Philly team. That could have been us, man. I can't believe you guys are talking about picks. Did you see how good Jimmy Butler looks? Future heat. I also want to welcome back King Kate, the voice of reason.
2: Kate, What's welcome up. back. What's up, guys? It's been forever.
1: How was uh, Down Under and the rest of the world? You've been quite the little traveler this year. Uh,
2: Down Under was cool. I mean... There's a lot hot. of kangaroos and yeah, it was it was really did, hot.
1: Did you see a kangaroo?
2: I saw like literally like the way we have squirrels, they have kangaroos.
1: Get out! Really?
2: Yeah, they're everywhere. That's nuts. <gasps> yeah.
1: Okay, so we're we're excited to have Kate back. Kate's Kate's uh Kate's one of us, so she's gonna be she's gonna be back in full swing around here around these parts. And we have a guest for the first part of this episode. We have the boss, the overlord of five reasons sports, <laughs> Ethan J. Skolnick. The overlord? I think overlord, because Winningham's not really like an overlord.
4: <laughs> Why? What, what do I do that, that Chris doesn't? I mean, Chris Chris just accepts your shit and complains to me in private.
1: It's exactly. Chris. Like, you're more overlordy. You have more of yeah. a... You project power more. Chris is like a silent power holder.
5: You're on uh, Twitter way more often. That's true. Well, so. that,
1: that's
4: true, except anything bad about uh, he, Chris is from It's
1: not me. You also just control the account. So, like, whenever I see five reasons, it's usually you. When that's you have true. Just, like, it's healer. unlike you
4: guys, where, where certain people from your little cohort hide yeah. behind the account to take shots at, at the Overlord. But that's all yes. right. We won't discuss that today.
1: It's, it's guerrilla warfare. It's, it's yeah. all we have either. I'm banning that account. <laughs>
4: <every hour. laughs> that's, Check
1: out the network the, the of Overlord shows. Is the overlord has spoken, and the overlord loads over the five reasons sports network. Follow them on Instagram and on Twitter at five reasons sports. Check out the network of shows, we have everything. We have three yards per carry getting you ready for the draft and free agency. Check out five dot where you can find lots of great articles. There's an article about Russell Wilson to the Dolphins, perhaps. I wrote something today about Pat Riley and his admitted and his uh, him admitting his mistakes. Uh, Ethan's writing regularly, so we have lots of cool stuff. Up on 5reasonsports.com. So the reason we're having Ethan on today is because Saturday was Riley's end-of-year presser. And uh, Ethan, I thought it was probably his most revealing
4: presser since LeBron left. Most revealing or most rambling?
1: Most, Um, um, I guess, most introspective. Like, he really, I felt, took accountability for what the hell went on for the first time
4: ever. Like, with this group of guys. And I thought that was really interesting kind of i i you know the way i sort of described it is um half the time he railed against making excuses and the other half of the time he was making excuses so it was kind of unclear what direction he was going there i, I mean i i thought it was i thought it was a little odd for him actually usually he comes in with more of an agenda and kind of a plan. And, and i think the plan was to go back to Iron and Barry. like and press Sanders. Like I it, it was it was it was an odd um thing. There was interesting stuff in there, but I found him to be more coherent in previous pressers. I kind of came out of that thinking I, I I don't okay, I'm supposed to have faith in him because he's done it before. That's basically what he's saying, but I don't really know what the route is. Now, I, I will say that in the 24 hours afterwards, I had conversations with others at the heat to clarify some things. And I have a little better understanding of some of the points that he made. But even after that, I don't necessarily agree with all of them. Um, and look, I, I've not been among the, you know, push Riley out the door people. And I'm still not. He deserves one last chance, hashtag, to fix this. Uh, and, you know, to win back the kind of confidence of the fan base. But, you know, I, I don't know necessarily that the press did it. I, when I pulled it on Five Reasons, I think I had sort of two negative and two positive and basically the two negative uh, characterizations of the press conference, 156 to 44. So I, I just, I don't think it won over kind of the skeptical Heat fan because reality, G, is, look, I know they've done it before, but they haven't done anything for the last few years. And they, you know, accept bad stuff with the exception of the, the Justice and, uh, and Josh extensions. So, I, I you know, I understand why fans' faith is a little bit, you know, frazzled right now.
1: So like something that we've said a lot on the show is kind of, I think the biggest change since like the first year after thirteen and 11 is they've been hesitant to move picks. And we saw that in the, even the Jimmy Butler deal and all that stuff. Like they're not, they're not moving picks to dump contracts, which I think is a departure or even to get guys, which is a departure Mm -hmm. from kind of what they've always done. And I feel in this press conference, Riley, He says this team did not come together as I thought it would. And he says he's disappointed Mm -hmm. in himself. And I think at least he identifies the problem as like this team that through the last three seasons, they're 124 and 122 with a plus one net rating. Like, they're mediocre. And I think that it's settled in that this is not a we're wearing healthy thing. This is who we are.
4: Right. And I think it took a long time for him to realize that. I think there are others in the organization who realized it earlier, honestly. And I think it took him some time. And, you know, Chris and I had this debate on our, our pod. You know, what led to this? Was it sort of arrogance, which is his theory, or was it insecurity, which is my theory, which is that they had all of these guys leave unhappy? And they had a couple guys say culture a few times on social media and in a, in a you know, in a Players Tribune post. And, you know, they got all excited about that. And, you know, it, what was, what was, there are a few things that were, that really struck me about the press conference. One, He's continued gushing over Dwayne, which uh, is great, okay? And it's terrific how everything came back together this year. But, I mean, again, they pushed him out the door in 16. And, I mean, he was their all-of-the-time player, right? And <laughs> they basically went their all-of-the-time player walk and gave money to Tyler Johnson and then ultimately on waiters and the rest of them. Uh, so I-, I think that Pat has come to a lot of realizations after the fact. But, you know, they still have a mess. Now, they may be less of a mess than we think it is. And I will tell you in the conversations I had with others in the organization, they kind of gave me a bunch of options about ways they could get out of it. And so I, I get that, but really, I think Pat identified the one way that he thinks they'll get out of it. And there was one quote to me that I think is not getting enough play, but it was to me the most significant quote of the press conference, where he basically said, it's not up to us, it's up to a player to decide essentially, that they want to play for us. I don't have it exactly in front of me, but it's on, on my screen at 5 reasons And That was in response
5: to, to Woody's question. I remember that quote.
4: Right, it, right, exactly. It was, to me, that is the quote of the press conference. That is his mindset on this. His mindset is, we still matter. We are still an attractive destination. I can still convince people. I can still get in a room. I got in a room with Marcus Alders when we had no money and no years to give him. And, and all the rest. And I got in the room with Durant when there was no reason for him to come here. And I got in the room with Gordon Hayward when, when he was always really going to go play for his college coach or stay in Utah. And so he feels like somebody will pull a Jimmy Butler and decide they want to play for him. Now, and that's fine. And then essentially he'll go to Andy, who he, for some reason he insults in every one of these press conferences. He's thinking about Andy not having a job. I don't know. He'll go to Andy and he'll say to Andy, make this work. And he'll try to get Andy to do, you know, dump like he dumped the Michael Beasley to get LeBron or he dumped the Marcus Banks to make something else happen or any of the things that Andy's done over the years. And that essentially that'll get accomplished. But the problem with it, and he may be right, there may be players who identify it, that the Heat is a place they want to play. But Jimmy Butler identified the Heat as a place he wanted to play and they still couldn't get him. And now maybe it's easier now because you're not dealing with Tibbs and he's going to be a agent. And so it's not a trade and you don't have to negotiate with somebody else. But you still have to create the space, which means that to if you even want Jimmy Butler, which I don't, by the way, but like if that's what you decide that you want, you still have to create the space, which means that you still have to find somebody to take the garbage. You still have three pieces. I don't want to say the players are, but the contracts, you have three garbage contracts on your on your books, OK, that you have to figure out a way to clear. Can you clear them without giving up? One of those seven first round picks you have in the next eight, eight years without giving up all of the second round picks, the four of them that he, I think he cited, they have in the next eight years, or giving up one of your three assets. Okay, I think Josh is most likely to move, but like without giving up Josh, Bam, or Justice. And so all of this is, yes, can they do it? Yes. And like Chris said on our pod, they could have just kept adding stuff to Minnesota. And they could have gotten Jimmy Butler. If, if they didn't draw the line somewhere, if they said, we'll give you Justice and Josh, they would have made the trade, okay? Um, so, But the problem is that they put themselves in this box where there's a cost to anything that they do. And I can tell you, anything they do, the fans are going to be 50-50 on it because the fans were 50-50 on the Jimmy Butler thing. And if, if, you're, if you say, okay, you can bring in Jimmy Butler, but you're going to you're gonna have to attach Justice Winslow okay or bam out of bio of all things to Hassan Whiteside or to James Johnson or to Deion Waiters to clear the money 50% of the fans are not going to like that and so there is no move like there was in 2010 guys where it's we're getting LeBron James hey bees it's been nice knowing you like there's no move like that there's nothing that the fans are going to react to that like that and so I, I just think it's a little bit disingenuous I, he went after Ira in a way that I thought was kind of unfair because look, I understand. Look, I've worked around IR for 25 years and we've had our moments, but Ira focusing on the money, it's about the money. It's a, it's a salary cap league. <laughs> like, how do you not focus on the money? Like, this isn't baseball. Like, it's about the money. And, you know, not about the luxury tax, not about the, you know, the raw dollars, but about the salary cap and about flexibility. And whoever's fault it was, bad luck, Bosch getting sick never seeing the team with Dragic, which they all still talk about, and I understand, okay, with Bosh and Dragic together, really seeing that for an extended period of time. Whoever's fault it is, they're here. He acknowledged some responsibility, but he also basically said, "Ah, oh, I'm still Houdini. I don't know if he's still Houdini. Maybe, but I'm not entirely sure.
1: I mean, Ethan, he made me believe it. I mean, he opened his damn presser with, we're going to figure it out whether you believe me or not. And I don't know if I'm falling for it, but I fucking fell for it.
4: Well, you did. And in your column, you kind of did. And and like I understand why you did, because you, you grew up under the aura and the myth of, of – and I, I say aura. I'm not going to say myth. It's not a myth. There is a lot to it. But, There's some
1: mythology around him. For sure. I've, I've helped create
3: a lot of that. And he deflected some <laughs> of that question from Witty about um, pre-agency and getting guys to choose there, because Jimmy's an example of a guy who identified Miami, and they still couldn't get it done. But I think the one thing that's changed from now to then is that whether Goran and Hassan decide to opt out or opt in, Mm -hmm. those are going to become gigantic expiring contracts that are also useful players. And I think that that if you look at packages in the last 18 months, that players that are expiring and that are useful are valuable trade chips to a degree in order to make salaries match. So I think that then when you look at a team like Philly that's trying to compete, if in the event they need to choose between him leaving for nothing to Brooklyn or to get an expiring Gorin and something else from Miami, maybe all of a sudden conversations can become viable. So I think that that's what's the one thing. And that's why I think Riley had the ability to um, play both sides of the coin during the press conference. Is that he knows that he is now arriving at a place where he will have things that he can move, expirings, picks, and then obviously space in 2020.
4: Right. Well, like, that's the thing. Okay. It, it gets, le- it gets less and less bad over time. Right. Like that, that's been the whole thing. It's just like wait it out and it'll get less and less bad. And in the meantime, the Dwayne squirrel. Okay. Like that, that's basically what this was about. The vice squirrel, the Dwayne squirrel, follow the squirrel. Uh, and Pat basically acknowledged that. I've been calling Dwayne a squirrel for five months. It's a, it's a term of endearment, but that's how they used him this year. Okay. They used him and they milked everything they could out of it. And terrific. He gave them three moments that everybody's always going to remember. The Golden State game, uh, the, you know, the, the last home game, and the last road game with the triple-double. For a lot of Heat fans, I said this on the pod, 75 to 80% of Heat fans who are casual Heat fans, they're satisfied because they got that from Dwayne. Like, the rest of this doesn't matter. Like To go get blown out by Milwaukee, who cares? So, I, look, I, I, I get that. And you know he talked about the marketing team and everything else that they'd done, that they were frustrating that they didn't have the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of people. You know, one of the things we don't talk about, like there's a lot of people in that organization that like depend on those playoff checks. Like people you wouldn't think do. Like pe- people who you know are sort of known people. Like they, they depend on those playoff checks. They matter to them. And so the, the success on the basketball side matters to them, uh, not just because they're fans, but just financially. And so it's not great when they don't make the playoffs. It's not great when they don't make the playoffs in this conference. I mean, with or without Blake Griffin, Detroit's not good. Uh, you know, the Nets are not great. Okay. Uh, Orlando, I'm sorry. Look, one of the things that got brought up to me by people inside the organization who kind of objected to us constantly comparing them to Orlando <laughs> and, and negatively, because that, that's come up. That's witty. Uh, it, it is. Well, he has, but, but I've kind of fallen onto it, but one of the points that was made to me was that the top six in Orlando all played, I think, between 72 and 81. games. And so the point that the Heat is making is that they were healthy, that we were deeper than them but at least their core guys stayed healthy i can buy that to a degree but that ain't a great team i mean dj augustine started point i mean ethan do you remember when game.
1: dj augustine was unplayable against the heat that the pacers yes, could not buy george hill could not get rest i posted his plus minus mm-hmm. he was minus in every game by double digits they could not play him DJ, you, yeah, no, you bring I, this
5: up every single pod we mention DJ Augustine. Because it's the most game.
1: amazing no, thing it, in the world that This he is almost as bad as spread pick and roll. I'm
5: going to ban you from saying DJ that Augustine. That guy torched a good team, and that I, I, I couldn't care.
4: He's the 30th best point guard in the league, isn't he? <laughs> 30th best starting. I, yeah. mean, I mean, give me one in the league that you would that that you wouldn't. I mean, he's a backup, right? I mean, he's a, he's a high level backup. He's I, an
1: okay backup. Okay. I'm surprised that
3: they made the playoffs. That just makes me feel worse about the Heat season.
1: It was kind of they reminded me of the 30 and 11 Heat. I mean, they got incredibly hot. Their defense was, I think, the third since All Star break, and
4: well, they Clipper had a coach. Yeah, Clipper could coach, but but look, I mean, I, I just look the Heat can. I feel like they kind of want to have it both ways. I think in part the Heat are acknowledging their missteps, and I give them credit for doing that. And in part, you know, there's this some excuses or at least comparisons, okay, to make it. Now, did they have three injuries that, that hurt them this year? Yes. The Goron injury hurt them. And then the timing of the Justice and Josh. I don't want to hear about the others. I don't want to hear about I don't hear about DJJ. I mean, I, he's a great story, but they weren't counting on DJJ before the season. I don't want to hear about James Johnson. Sorry. Okay. I don't want to hear about Dion. They did that themselves. They, they, signed, they signed a guy who wasn't known as a bigger work ethic guy you know, when he was already hurt, needed surgery, and was putting off surgery for the contract. That should have been a tip-off, right? Like, I I don't want to hear about those. The the other three, the timing, they probably make the playoffs. Josh and Justice don't get hurt when they do. They definitely make the playoffs if Goran doesn't miss that much time. Okay, even though Justice took over, I still think they make the playoffs because even if if they would have moved Justice into the starting role, they would have found a role for Goran. Um, And so, and look, they got 72 games out of Dwayne, Okay. And, that's a,
1: that's amazing. Underreported part of this season.
4: Well, and and, and he missed seven the games he missed for paternity. Okay, so they got seventy-two games out of Dwayne, more than three of the seasons of the Big Three era. They got eighty-two out of Bam. They got seventy-two reasonably committed games out of Hassan, and again, part of the time he missed was paternity. Uh, so and the, you know and he, and they got big improvement from D J J Bam and Justin. those things should have been enough to make the playoffs. They just should have in that conference. So, I, I, look, I understand you can make comparisons to other teams. The Nets lost Levert for half the season, and at the time he got hurt, it wasn't so clear that D'Angelo Russell was their best player. No, he like, wasn't. LeVert was, it, LeVert was
1: the all-star. It was Levert right. and Dimwitty who were the all-star candidates for them. Right. And they so both got hurt.
4: I, I just, there's only so much of the, you know, I, just, I, I think the he should just stick with the way they've kind of halfway gone, which is we're taking accountability for this and kind of put aside the excuse stuff because it's unbecoming for this organization. They don't do it. Eric Solskjaer not Adam Gase. I just, to me, you just don't do it. I I think that they have to own up to, they miscalculated. um, But like Leif said, it gets better over time. And, And now they will have some things. And look, some contracts that are totally useless to the heat ended up helping make things happen. You know, the Shaq deal doesn't happen unless they have Brian Grant on the books. It doesn't happen. And Brian was, and Brian would tell you, we had Brian on the pod. He's like, I couldn't play anymore, right? I mean, Brian was broken. But, like, it doesn't happen because they needed Brian's money to make that deal work. Like, that's the only reason. Brian, I think, I, mean, I don't think he even played many games in L.A. and they ended up getting cut and going to Phoenix. So I just think it's about, um, you know, they view it as th- their balance sheet is getting healthier. It's kind of like, reminds me a little bit, Okay, this is before most Malafe, well, maybe the only one of any age here. But if you go back to 2008, okay, um, and and when the uh, when the stock market crashed because of the real estate, you know, bubble, right? And like, you know, and basically, you know, they bailed out the banks because, of course, that's what they do. And it was like the way they kept describing it is eventually the balance sheets of the banks will get healthier, right? Like at first they were a total disaster, right? Like nobody was paying loans back. Okay, you know, you had the subprime crisis. Thank you, Dan Gilbert. Like you had all that stuff going on and then but eventually it was like over time it gets better and over time it gets better. And eventually, you know, we, we, we got a real president and it got better. And, uh, and you know, now it's going to get worse again because we've removed all those laws. But,
3: but time heals
4: all. Ethan, well, that's you were right. were splendid so, in so, that rant. So I think I, I, to be the most disturbing thing Riley said the press conference was praising Sarah Sanders, whatever. I, but that's just me. Um, okay.
1: Tell us your before, okay on the way out because I know you got to go. What 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 what's your conspiracy about Sun Sports with with the with the with the Sanders thing?
4: No, I don't have a conspiracy with Sun Sports. I don't have a conspiracy. No, what Fox was the Sports. thing? Fox
1: Sports, whatever, same
4: thing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a conspiracy. It was just like he always has to make a political crack. Now it's like Riley, like he, he can't hide it. So it's pretty well known, okay, that most people in the Heat organization are pretty liberal. Okay, it's just known. I mean, look. Eric doesn't hide it, <laughs> okay? Andy doesn't hide it, okay? Like, it, it's pretty known. Pat is not, okay? But it, that was just a weird uh, sequence because I, basically Ira was trying to ask a question, and I thought Ira was asking a reasonable questions. And look, Ira can speak very much out of turn. Trust me, I've been around it. I don't think he was out of turn in this press conference. He was waiting to get called on. There weren't that many people asking questions. And what you also realize, guys, about heat press conferences when when people are there, half the people are covering the Heat that ask questions and half the people work for the Heat. So it's a little different than your average thing because if you're in a pregame for Spolster, when he actually wants to take questions, Eric Reed might ask a question. He works Jax. for the heat, right? Jason Jackson, you know, he, he doesn't, well, he works for Fox, but yes, okay, I mean, he, I don't know who signs his paychecks. These days. He also works for us. Uh, but, okay, but, so Jack's, okay, or, uh, you know, Jose Pineda asks a lot of questions. Uh, you know, Tony used to ask questions. All right, so Pradi asks occasional questions. So there's a lot of people who work for the Heat who ask questions, and then there's the beat guys. So obviously there are going to be different kinds of questions. I don't begrudge the broadcasters for that. They're doing their jobs, but there are going to be different kinds of questions. Ira, you know, typically, uh, you know, him or Tim Reynolds will, will sort of get the first question at home. I used to sometimes too when I was around all the time. I don't know. But it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. But like, sure. uh, but Ira and. Uh, no, I don't. I, no, I seriously not care. So, no, back. Gee, back in the day, back in the day, what did it irritate me with like, I had like one thing. And Like, Ira would ask like one, two, three, you know, pitter, 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 back, back. Yes, it would bother me. Okay. Listen, but like I, now, I don't give a damn. Like, I don't care. I got there two
1: that. questions at the Dwayne press conference in Brooklyn, and Sports Illustrated didn't get one. Right. Well,
4: look, he's really good at that. Credit to him. Okay. I, I don't care anymore. It's not, it's not my job. Okay. the show. but, but he should come on this. Well, he can't, the Sentinel won't let anybody go on podcasts anymore, which I think is stupid. Uh, it's like the Herald. But what I would say is, uh, let me just go back to this. Her, be, uh, to uh, ask, <laughs> stop side swiping people. Be concise. and Then we'll let you go. He was trying to ask a question. Again, I think, and Maddox, uh, who works for the Heat, was was sort of going around trying to get it. And for some reason, and Riley asked, uh, you know, said something about like uh, that compared Ira to Jim Costa, who, of course, is not Jim Costa. It's Jim Acosta, CNN. And remember the, you know, the infamous thing where his, his press badge was taken away at the White House and then given back to him because the court interceded. And so he made this this thing of it. And then said, you know, by that very smart lady, which is, you know, Sarah Sanders. And then – but it came after this, like, riff about Dion Waiters and Tim Hardaway and being fat. And it was just like – it was just sort of weird juxtaposition of the whole thing. So anyway, that's it. But the conspiracy – the conspiracy, G, I think – somebody sent me a video, and I haven't looked at it yet, but I will only get off, is somebody sent me a video basically saying that Sunsports edited that out. I can confirm.
5: From, yeah,
3: yeah, I, they did. I watched the entire thing before this podcast, and it was absolutely
1: edited out. Okay, so they edited it.
4: All right. So I'm breaking is, news is,
1: here on Five <laughs> Reasons Sports of Miami Heat beat with the Overlord Ethan J. Skoldick. I, don't
4: call me the overlord.
1: It's cool, man. Just own
4: it. 5reasonssports.com. Five, five Do you guys want the standings of, our, uh, of, our, of the clicks on the website? And sure. It to, we'll give uh, that on your way out because uh, I, know, I know certain someone's
1: doing pretty good for themselves.
4: Yeah. So I want to I credit Leif in the first uh, two and a half. Well, what are we at? The uh, first 15 days of the website, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First 15 days. Uh, Leif has the number one uh, heat beat uh, column. since The been submitted. So he Culture, has, he has baby. The winner, he is the winner so far. Nikias is second. You beat the uh, guys, dog. Go, I mean, how is uh, that even uh, possible? <laughs> I'll I'll have to I'll have to go through the rest of them. I mean, I have the top heat column, but as far as heat beat people, I'm coming Leif, for you, Ethan. Le, Leif wins, and it was it was a good column, and it was about Juan Howard potentially leaving, and uh, and you know I think he has an interview with Leif this week, right? Yes. Yeah,
3: with uh, the Cavaliers, the Lakers, and I'm hearing the Grizzlies and. Couple other teams. He's a he's a popular name, so it was well timed.
4: this was, was too. I mean, the only coaches who've ever left here for other jobs. I know. I said I was going to stay 15 minutes. The only coaches that have ever left here for other jobs: Bizdelic, who didn't leave happy. uh Ivoroni, Stan, Stan. Well, again, weird circumstance there. Fizzle. And uh, and his So this would be five, right? That's it.
3: Yeah, and they've lost Wallace out of the front office. And fun, they kind of sent
4: away. Memphis is going to Memphis is going to lose Wallace <laughs> out of the front office soon, too. Uh, Mike yeah, Wallace? that's it. And Fund was Michael Beasley. That that no no Chris, Wa- Chris oh, was Wallace. Was like, Chris was Wallace. Wait, what I was like, what did I? Mean? No no. Chris, well, because Mike Wallace. Wallace
1: went from here to Memphis. So I was a little no, he's, confused.
4: he's he's in Memphis too. But yeah, though they uh uh well Randy Fund I I was you know drafted Michael Beasley was never heard from again basically.
1: Great. Thank you.
4: What a great note to leave us on.
1: Thank you, Overlord. (laughs) Ethan Skolding. You're the best guy. Thanks, man.
6: You're listening to the Five Reason Sports Network. We've created a menu of intelligent and entertaining content on demand for commutes, workouts, and more. And by now, you're already familiar with the 15 different podcasts in our network. Today we are proud to announce the premiere of our brand new website, fivereasonssports.com. On it, you'll find columns from more than a dozen of our hosts, many who are professional writers in the market. Watch original videos from shows like Miami Heat Beat and Balls Cast. Browse our full merchandise shop. And unlike other outlets in the area, there's no paywall. Everything is absolutely free. All of this from a network that's credentialed from all five major sports teams in South Florida. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's free? We're By Miami for Miami. We're sports on your schedule. We're Miami Sports On Demand. We're the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Go to FiveReasonSports.com today.
1: So that was a little, Ethan was there. We, we had to bring him on to, for the on site reporting. Um, Kate, I kind of want to bring you in on this. Something that I've been, so Riley takes this accountability and I thought it was interesting. But the thing I kind of looked at most is I'm not really sure I want them to make cap space, you know, because I kind of got the sense that he might want to be a player this free agency. And I was kind of crunching some numbers. So if Hassan and Goron both opt out, They only create 15 million dollars in cap space, which is like obviously not enough for a max slot. Uh, I think you need like in the realm of like 30 to 35 for for any of like the good like any of the veterans or whatever. So they're probably gonna have to attach picks to Ryan Anderson and or Dion and JJ. And I'm wondering, Kate, like if you're okay with them just packaging multiple picks just to maybe get a free agent one max guy this summer.
2: Well, I mean, if the alternative is to for them to opt out and then they don't create enough space to get anyone then I would say I mean they gotta do something that's going to show people that they're they're making moves so I mean if that's I don't know if Riley wants to attach pics to people though because that's kind of I don't know when I was reading the tweets from his presser I, I was like reading there's obviously a ton of people I've live tweeting it and I'm like reading and I'm like, I can't really understand where he's going with any of it. And there were so many tweets that I had to read. Like I went back to Ethan's little <laughs> synopsis yeah. and I was like, I had to read some of them like four or five times to even understand like what was actually happening. Like, what does this sentence even mean? So I'm not really sure where he stands with all of that. But I mean, if the alternative is, you know, they opt out and then we so don't end up with a guy like Kyrie or Jimmy Butler or whoever, then yeah, sure. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do.
1: That's kind of, I see Leif nodding. Like he was a little, all over the place. He was,
3: it's funny. Like before this, I sat down and listened to the presser again. It was the second time from when I watched it live and I didn't get the uncut version. Um And, uh, and so I created all these bullet points of things that I thought were interesting. And then when I went back and read through them, I'm like, I, I have to like categorize these because they're like all over the place. It's like a schizophrenic piece of paper um, because like each nugget is completely not related to the one prior or after it. And it, it's so, uh, you know, I totally understand what you mean by that. And it's funny because he like he was asked questions that Riley never gets asked. Like, I think Tim Reynolds asked him, do you fear that the culture is eroding? Like nobody has had the gall to ask Pat Riley that question. And I've watched every single press conference since he got there. Um, so he was like really on the defensive at times, but also he's trying to sell the the future. So it was just like this weird pivoting back and forth between that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't think he's going to attach picks unless both Hassan and Goren opt out. And he gets a real clear indication that he can make noise. And that's what I think he said to Andy in the press conference. Um, I have a big picture scenario that I have in mind, but I need to run it by Andy. I think that that's really related to this summer because that's where the numbers really become an issue. 2020 and 2021, he doesn't need to ask Andy things. They have money to spend.
1: So I'm glad that you said that because it kind of reminded me of the that. that, Remember that big trade in 2005? where he got Gary Payton and Antoine Walker and he just moved, like... He and just, Will and Posey, like, yeah. Big, big thing. So, like, I'm looking at their options, right? So, you have the Ryan Anderson at 21, uh, partially guaranteed. I don't know, Brian might be able to tell me how much of his contract's guaranteed, but, like... 15 wanna...
5: million is, is guaranteed. His um The deadline for Miami to waive him if they want to bring it down to $15 million per year, which would be a dead cap hit for this season, is July 10th. TikTok. Which would, which is actually really good timing because that would give the Heat enough time to talk to a free agent, figure out if they need to make the cap space to either wave and stretch him by then, which would give Brian. the Heat an extra either 5 or $10 million in cap space. Brian's getting good at this.
1: I, Brian's getting good at this, man. I'm so proud of you, man. I um, I, I think it also kind of depends on where they pick in the draft. I think that that's something that we don't talk about because obviously if they get in the top four, it shuts out the window. Like,
3: Yeah, how crazy was it to hear Riley like kind of romance the luck of the Irish and moving up in the draft? Like, that was lame, dude. That That was like he he knows that he doesn't love the draft and he doesn't want to build around young players that don't have playoff experience. But he also knows that right now, boy, we could use a break.
1: (laughs) You're, Kate, you're laughing. It was lame.
2: It was lame. I, I, that was one of the tweets that I read like three times and I was like, is this really happening? He said
5: emoji (laughs) and hashtag like three or four times. I thought it was funny.
2: I was like, this, like my, you know, my grandpa got a Twitter, and he's trying to like. <laughs> well, no, really. no, no. Well, like, Pat
5: Riley's really, really big into technology. We know it's because Christian wrote a great feature story on one of Spo's assistants. He's really big into Apple products.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm starting to doubt it. Riley's kind of lame with tech. <laughs> Well, so he knows to type die. in
5: Irish in it, and then when he types in Irish on the keyboard, it brings up the. the. Oh, um, I think he,
3: he was having trouble articulating that, like, when you type certain <laughs> words, it, it can recognize what you're typing and then show the emoji afterwards. And he just didn't have the ability to articulate that. Damn, anymore. dog.
1: Leif, you're shilling for pad in ways I've
3: never seen. Hey, come on. You, that's, <laughs> this is my brand. You guys understand how this goes? I don't
1: know, man. It was. I, I like the presser because I, I like that. I, I don't think it's a small thing that he said, like, this did not pan out. Like, no, he I'm- said
3: it was all on me. He said, he said about the, the, when they brought up the two and the four year deals for Dion and JJ, that they said that they promised them, which um, I told you guys that there were two offers that JJ had back in 2017, but that's besides the point. Um, He said, I take full responsibility for those contracts by virtue of saying that he's saying he made a mistake I mean for him to own that he doesn't normally do that kind of thing He would have spun it and said Dion has another level he can get to and we're waiting to see that and JJ and he made those excuses, too But he did kind of really take ownership for some of the the flops that have happened He said said Dion's
5: career was on the line, which I thought was a little excessive. Okay. What were you saying?
2: No, I just think that like if he would have continued to, def- I mean, he didn't really have a choice in that. Situ- I feel like he didn't really have a choice in that situation. But to own up to what he did, because of the fact that like if he continues to defend Dion in situations like that, he- it almost will make him look incompetent.
1: Do you think it's? Do you think it's more Dion or Hassan?
2: Well, I mean, uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, how I feel about that. But I was trying not to go there for once because he's kind of kinda- ragged.
3: I'm always trying not to go there, too. I get it, Kate. But Pat's
2: kind of, Pat's
1: kind of in the tank for Hassan in a way that he's not for Dion. <laughs> yeah, that means,
2: yeah.
3: That's because Hassan stayed in shape. Dion, when you don't stay in shape, that's a deal breaker. And hey, I mean, man. Him and JJ, I, I was told late last night from a friend that uh, JJ and Dion were told, if you don't come back in shape, we're not guaranteeing you any playing time at all, and that they're going to be telling Hassan and Goran that uh, their roles are highly in question going forward. Damn, I dog. Mean. Goron. Yeah, like they're basically that just the way that the roster is constructed, that they've recognized that Bam and Justice have roles as you key facilitators. Slow. And um, But that doesn't mean that they're going to opt out. It's just that they're, they're making it very transparent to those guys that they have a vision for what this thing's going to look like going forward. And Dion and JJ is just straight up get in shape or you're not playing
1: like man for for Goran that, I, and honestly like I I like that that's the direction and I think that they know that Justice is their point guard and Bam is their center. Uh but man, like I know Kate, I know how you feel about Hassan, like I know how you feel Hassan. I want to say about something about this year. He was on his best behavior when they told his max salary ass, you're coming off the bench for Idris Adebayo. And uh and he did and off the bench, he played well with Dwayne, especially with Goran at the end. That was a really solid bench unit. I know that after losses, because I was there in the locker room, like he was not happy that he didn't play more. Uh, but he did not go to reporters and make a mess of it. He played in his role. He played hard, I thought. I thought probably the biggest strides he made this season was as a screener. Uh, still not the best rim roller, but whatever. Um, But... I I think he just like I think he helped his value a lot this season by doing that. Like I know that he's not the most popular person, especially on this podcast. But I I really yeah, think, I think
3: you I think you picked the wrong two co-hosts. I picked the wrong like two co-hosts <laughs> to like to, to try to sensationalize this on Whiteside. But I will say that he did recoup value. And like I told Ethan earlier, if you have an expiring contract, twenty-seven million dollar expiring that can get a double double, um, that is in shape. Um, that has not been causing problems. I feel like that that is going to be a chip that can be traded, which I don't know if we could say that Assam Whiteside was a tradable chip um, six months ago, eight I months totally,
2: ago. I totally agree with that. That is, that is something that I can get on board with. He did improve himself in a way that makes him more valuable as a trade asset, but I don't think, I still obviously don't feel like he's someone that I would want to keep on my team, even if he is going to play that role.
1: So something I looked at Kind of like, think of the Nurtic injury, right? So so Nurtic goes down for a team, Portland, that's fighting for a three seed that, or, I'm sorry, but yeah, Portland, that, you know, they're, they're really trying. They have this bad reputation of like losing in the first round like a lot. Those are the kind of the teams that you want to target. If you have a Asana and an expiring, you're like, hey, your guy went down. You need a rental? You need a big? You need this? You know what I mean? That could be that's why part of me doesn't really want him and Goron to opt out because if they opt out and Kate, like you said earlier, they just get $50 million of cap space and what? Like, what are you going to do with that? If you can keep these two massive expiring contracts and if you're Utah and Ricky Rubio goes down, right, and you're fighting for a home seed, that's a deal that you might be willing to make for a rental or if you're a team like, I don't know, Toronto and Kyle Lowry went down and like, you know, you're trying to get Kawhi, you know what I mean? Like, there are there are teams that will need a point guard in a big if somebody gets hurt by the trade deadline and they might get desperate and give you give you some salary relief
2: I feel uh, like that makes me that's kind of like what makes me i think a little bit nervous when you look at the numbers and you realize like okay this is the situation maybe it's not the best option if he does opt out that makes me a little bit nervous about them going to to goran and Hassan and being like okay your rules are kind of in question because that's gonna I feel like that's gonna push them more towards that direction of opting out. And then it's like, okay, so now we push these guys to opt out and then we what are we getting in return for it? Really, nothing at this point, you know?
1: So if you get Yeah. So I, I no, kinda I do agree with that.
5: I think you also have to take into account that if they're not getting playing time, you know, they're on their contract year. If they want to get a new contract, it's kinda gonna be important no. for them to play. You no,
3: right. and, and that's how they framed it up, is basically like you would want to go into next season heading into free agency the following year with the most opportunity to play as well as you can to get the best contract going forward. Did, and if right. they're not if they're not going to play, that's going to really be an issue there. So they have to weigh that, you know what I mean? And the thing about both of them opting out is that if that does happen, then that awards them the flexibility to make a trade. Um, maybe it is a future first round pick like from 2025 or something like that because Riley's not going to care about that one that lets you get off of a contract and then you can get in the conversation for a Kyrie or a Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. So I think if they both opt out, then it's totally um, You know, it's not a bad thing at all. But the expiring contracts—look what Porzingis was traded for—and I don't know that I necessarily would want Porzingis. But if you want like one of those young guys, and a team says, "But you got to take this contract and this contract," like you'll now have Goran and Hassan's expiring. So they're them opting in. Like uh, Heat Twitter is going to be in shambles the day that they that that Woj bomb comes—that they opt in to those deals uh, because everyone wants them gone for the most part. But it's not the worst thing in the world because they they can be totally used as trade chips.
1: I, my, my thing with that is kind of, they're still going to want to be competitive, right? So, and if they, let's say they, let's say they opt in, let's say they both opt in, right? And they're not, they're not getting playing time. They're probably more willing to demand a trade publicly. um, And then force a move out. Although, I, that, that just doesn't happen a lot here. You know what I mean? I could like, definitely
5: see that happening because obviously... When, if when was the last a trade? time a
1: Heat player demanded a trade right. publicly? Uh, Has that ever uh, happened? I can't think of any. The closest would
5: be Wayne this year, but that wasn't really publicly. It was just his agent talking.
1: Right? And what, like Wayne Ellington? Big, scary Wayne Ellington's <laughs> demanding a trade. Watch
5: out.
2: Yeah. i so, so, like so, Jimmy Butler that whole situation it's not like get me out of here like the people don't come to the heat and to get me out of here like for the most part but so. the thing
5: is like the heat's trade talks don't leak it's not like they don't probably ask for them it's just they don't they're not public yeah, I mean, when
3: Shaq got traded is because he um, had to be pulled off of Pat Riley in practice by Alonzo Mourning, so that was kind of like he facilitated that himself. But he probably would have asked for a trade otherwise. But you're right; like people don't go to the Heat front office and re- and demand or request trades really at least pub- publicly. But like yeah, exactly. that
1: might. But what you're saying is that might get desperation. Like if they're not getting playing time and they want, especially Gor- Goran's thirty-two and Hassan's not. What is Hassan twenty-eight, twenty-nine? He's thirty. Hassan's thirty. Like these are guys that. I think this for Goron is probably it. Like his next three-year deal is gonna be like the last decent money that he gets. And as it is, how many good teams is Goron gonna start for? I mean, maybe Phoenix is obviously something that his you know his his Slovenian coach is there. He obviously has ties there. They're ter- third time's a charm. Uh, so that's a possibility for him. So the I, only
5: older starting point guard in the league is Chris Paul.
1: Yeah. So. And especially in the league with bigger guards, I, I don't really know if he can wait afford to wait another year. And i and he's he's a smart, trust me, he's a really smart basketball guy. So I don't think he doesn't know that Hassan. I just I don't know where the hell he would recoup the twenty seven million he'd lose. He's the one I'm more I'm more wary about opting out. Goran, I can see Hassan, his agent would murder him.
3: Yeah, I have a hard time believing it too. Joe Budden said on some recent podcast that on uh, the, the Trailblazers won Hassan Whiteside, but I think he may be regurgitating old information. That can't
1: be that cannot be true Unless unless the Nertic injury is so bad and they know something that we don't, that can't be true. I mean Nertic is And sourced. also,
3: why the hell am I sourcing Joe Budden for a Miami? Yeah, team? I don't I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me, yo? <laughs>
1: so I, you know, this this offseason could be there could be a lot of activity, especially if Pat and Andy have something in the books. I I don't. I'm not really sure. There might be a waiting game. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the playoffs. So, um, everybody knows I'm in the tank for Toronto, uh, and we're not going to talk too much about the Raptors. But I do have to get my take out there that I've been. I've, I'm a Kyle Lowry apologist, and uh, I do want to say that while. Not having a field goal or a point in a playoff game is not a good thing. Kyle was not horrible in that game, and I'm not even going to do the plus 11 word to Dave Dufour. Uh, that offense just completely functions differently with him, and he was not that bad. Like when he was on the floor, the Raptors were good, and when he was
3: oh shit, yo, do y'all hear that? He cranked up the excuse machine. I did yo. <laughs> I did.
5: Da-na, da-na, <laughs> Carly had zero points in thirty three minutes. Listen, he was zero for seven. Yeah. I, I can't defend. Yeah, I can't what's defend. What's even
3: crazier 7. is he was zero for seven, and then he was zero for um, two from three, and like zero for or er, zero for six from three, and zero for two from the free throw line. Like he couldn't make any baskets. and he got good looks. Like, That's your boy.
1: Like sometimes, like guys, like when Dwayne's having a bad shooting night, Dwayne will force everything. Kobe will force things. Kyle was playing completely within the flow of the offense, coming off ball screens, getting open threes. He literally was just missing open shots all night. I feel bad for him, man. But that Orlando team, it kind of bothered me because that Orlando team really reminded me of what the 30 and 11 Heat were. Like, they finished super hot, and I just think it just kind of bothers me seeing Brooklyn playing kind of a broken Philly team that Miami Miami could play with Brooklyn, and when Miami's healthy, they're about what Brooklyn is. So I I get kind of... And then Detroit's without... Uh, Blake Griffin, and it kind yeah, of bothers me, like uh, that the Heat did not make the playoffs. That they had all these injuries at the worst time, and we got to watch this. Like, it's it's annoying.
3: I'm glad they're not playing Milwaukee. Let's just get that right out of the way, even though they matched up with him well at times. I kind of have to say that I'm rooting for Brooklyn because of the way they sent Dwayne off that final game. It was so cool to watch like kind of the way the entire team, the organization, the fans embraced him. So, And also, you know, I want the process to fail. So, um, so go Nets. And they're down by one at halftime of game two.
1: Kate, are you anti-process? You're Philly you're now. Are you anti-process?
2: No, I, I I actually really like Joel Embiid oh, I know oh. <laughs> that's not going to go over yeah, super so. well on this this audience But I do, I mean, I do I used to really like, there was like a time when it was like I used to call it the Battle of the 21s Every time the Sixers would come to town I would love to see Hassan and Joel match up And obviously I would <laughs>
5: <her>. Wow,
3: <Whoa>, <laughs> wow I would too <laughs>
0: You know <laughs> I'm <laughs> you both, sorry, man. You like, both
1: suck. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. Oh. See, but when
3: I when I say process, I'm not really talking about Embiid specifically. I should always cl- cl- uh, clarify that. I just mean the way the Sixers built their team, and I'm petty. That Let way. me tell
1: you something. I'm honestly at this point more here for Ben Simmons jokes than anything. Like, I want to make fun of Ben Simmons. It's really fun.
3: I just love the idea that they like are um, they have this team that everybody says has such an amazing roster compared to the heat, and uh they may end up with nothing to show for it.
1: They have six good players, which is what
3: we've been saying about the Celtics and about the Sixers and about every other team that everyone would rather be than the heat.
1: Like Ben Simmons, I don't know if you guys have seen the pictures, but like they're not even. He's dribbling on the three-point line, and guys are on the low block defending him. <laughs> They're, like, like, taking the ball out already. Like, I, I if I saw somebody put on Twitter, like, if Shaq was out there, they would at least put a body closer. <laughs> like, Shaq today, like, they probably defend him more.
2: That is pretty humiliating.
1: Like. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. Like, that's a problem. Like, you can't. Like, and credit to Justice Winslow for fixing his shot because, like, that's a disaster. Like that, you can't, you can't get away with that. Um, There's no
3: way Kyrie's staying in Boston, right?
1: That's the thing. That's why I'm kind of looking at like what they could do, and like, and that's the Celtics are headed for like a really embarrassing. Without Marcus Smart, that could end really badly against Milwaukee.
3: Oh yeah, because that would be the second round matchup. You're right. I mean, yeah, that that could be gonna go well.
1: Bloody. Is it Kyrie's going to stay for that? Like, that's what, like, I I don't know. Like Kyrie and Jim, like, I was kind of looking, can the heat create two max slots? And it just, it looks almost impossible. No, not they, for
5: agency. They can trade.
1: A,
3: yeah. They can make
5: a trade. Like, but then they're hard capped. So
3: then it gets a little difficult to fit everyone. It, it would take a ton of maneuvering and they would absolutely have to surrender assets. To make Are you talking money. about a sign and trade? Yeah. Like if one of them had to be a sign and trade and the other was. In yeah. The industry. That's,
5: that gets really tight. Tricky, but I'm thinking something like Bradley Beal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: do, I'm on. Do you guys that think... Man. How about this? Or I'm AD.
1: Gonna, I'm going to throw a name out there that might be available for less than the max
4: who might need some culture. DeMarcus Cousins. Wow, I hadn't thought about that in quite a while. If Hassan opts out and he's gone and you and pair you- Bam
1: and DeMarcus, and you no. you package, right? So you probably can get him for less than the max. And you can package a pick and Ryan, or you can get another. You Maybe you can make some cap space. Or maybe you can get, like, a Danny Green or something. J.J. Redick? You know what I mean? Now we're Yo, talking. I,
3: heard- I saw something crazy. J.J. Redick has been on four teams since he was drafted. And uh, he's never missed the playoffs. Every year that he's played. That's crazy,
1: yeah. Orlando, Randall. Clippers, and uh, and the Sixers. I remember are we missing a team. Milwaukee and the Bucks. Yes, when they played the Heat.
5: But yeah, the
3: Heat love JJ Redick. I mean, everybody probably realizes that with the Duke stuff. But um, Boogie Cousins is interesting, particularly when you hear UD in the press conference talk about how. Uh, they basically consider Bam a future power forward. So then you look at Boogie and it's like, man, that, that's an interesting duo. Obviously, there's some volatile um, points to all of that with Boogie, but, uh, but he's a, been of good temperament for the most part. And um, he is the reclamation project that Riley looks for.
1: And like, if you look at the Heat's reputation of like fixing guys, quote-unquote, uh, I, I think the biggest thing with DeMarcus has been defensively. Um, he's been like a liability for the Warriors. And he's not like the best in space. Um, but I do think that if he becomes a focal point of your offense, especially in pick and roll, and the Warriors don't really run a lot of like high pick and roll or whatever. Like with the Heat, they they do run a lot of the sets that he'll be good at. Pick and roll, some dribble handoff stuff. They can do creative things to get him on the block. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it's something that could work, and they'll get him for less than the max.
2: It's very much in Pat Riley's wheelhouse. So it wouldn't be something that shocked me.
1: He's and, and they might even be able to get him for a short-term deal. So maybe they could even get him for a two-year deal so his contract will expire with Kelly's, Dion's, and JJ's. So they can remain competitive in the East, do a reclamation project for DeMarcus Cousins, and then get off all that salary.
3: And this has been your latest hope trafficking report from
1: that was my idea dude i said t- t- i i'm telling you if if they can get him and then if they can kind of move some contracts or something and then get like a danny green or a jj reddick or one of those guys i'm like super in the tank for danny green that guy's awesome uh that's like a you have you suddenly have the kids djj demarcus cousins uh ex free agent wing shooter you know like that's a, that's a squad. And then whoever the hell they draft. I really want that Japanese kid. I just found out that there's a Japanese kid in the draft. I'm all in on Rui.
2: But you just found out, do you even know he's good?
1: I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I think Nikayas called him Jabari Parker without athleticism, which doesn't sound yeah. very good. <laughs>
2: he, he, can sc- uh, yeah, no. he can
3: score, but he's uh he's not dunking on people. He can he's score leader. like how how I mean, score how he can't- He can't play defense either. He kind of he scores in a non athletic kind of way. I'm trying to think of a player that would be Dwayne this year, kind of Carmelo, but not as not as um, polished as Carmelo at all. But like the same game, in that he's not like dunking on everybody. Paul Paul Pierce taking a lot of mid range jump shots and stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, Paul Pierce maybe that kind of, but not as good a shooter. Maybe like Uh, a
5: Carlos Boozer
3: because he takes a lot of mid ranges. Yeah, but not as good a post player. Either. So, like, you know,
2: basically, not just like somebody, but not as good. This ben guy sounds like exactly. he sucks.
1: This guy, this guy sounds like he sucks. He's, hey, he's shouldering right. the hope of a nation. No, I mean, he he's he number eighteen stop. on the on the big board for ESPN. He doesn't strike
3: me as a Miami Heat player because he he gets lost on defense. Like, legitimately, he does not
1: know what the hell he's doing. I mean, so does Dwayne. You know, who who, who, who do we judge?
4: Oh, I, you know what?
1: I haven't even asked you guys, you know, because we still have we saw we could still traffic off. Uh, we're almost done with the show, but we can still traffic off Dwayne Wade. How would you guys feel about about uh, the end? I haven't asked Leif, the culture guy, and I really want to get Kate's thoughts. So, Leif, how would you feel about how it ended in Brooklyn, man? Um,
3: so my son got to stay up past his bedtime and watch the game.
1: Special occasion, of course.
3: And he just turns to me and says, daddy, are those happy tears or sad tears? <laughs> so, that, so that's how that went. Did you tell him, did you tell him both? <laughs> no comment.
1: Leif, when, when you hit the jumper to give Dwayne the triple double, how much culture was injected into your veins?
3: Oh my gosh. That picture is going to be like at my funeral. It's going up in my hallways in my home. Like that's in championship alley for sure.
1: Kate, is that better than the golden state buzzer beater for you? Him getting the triple double from U D.
2: I think so, because like that's the perfect way to cap anything off. Like it couldn't have ended any better than that. So I think that's a memory that people get to keep forever. And I think I mean it ended I, it ended exactly how I imagined it would end, but a little bit better.
1: It somehow lived up to every like the home game and that game lived up to right. any I have like chills. I I still the point where it still gives me chills, man. Like it he somehow delivered till the very end. Gianni
2: did you
1: cry I I cried at the end yeah I cried at you the did. home game I've, I've said this a couple times I randomly cried at the home game when Gabby Was saying that Dwayne gave everyone a piece Of his heart that got me that was the only thing That got me all night <laughs> you cried on the Last podcast I cried in the last podcast with you. What was I talking about? I was talking about how special Dwayne was and I started breaking down. That was so embarrassing. Oh my
3: God. I I talked you through it though. That's what I'm here for.
1: That's what you're the homie. I cried at work after I watched the video, the Budweiser video. I I watched it in my car when I got to the office. Then I get out and I'm just like cleaning the tears and my coworker goes, are you okay? And then I was explaining the video to him and I started crying again.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have a similar story. I'm at, I'm at work. It's in the morning. I'm reading it. Uh, I throw my headphones on to listen to it. And I immediately had to go to the restroom as well and wipe my face off. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm 37 years old in my office.
1: If, if you guys. So, okay. So th- th- we, we could we can end the show on, on this story. Um, so, you know, I was, I was talking to a lady and uh, she had asked me how, how a lady friend. And she asked me how the, how the game went. Cause she knew I went. And I was telling her, and then she asked me, did you cry? And I go, oh, yeah, you know, I cried this time, and, you know, it was really emotional, blah, blah, blah. She goes, no, 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 did he
4: cry, meaning Dwayne? And I was like, oops.
5: Oh, (laughs) Oh, no.